0: My hypothesis or well-founded hypothesis around this is that there's a generational gap with how you understand, you know, social media interactions or digital interactions. (laughs) Try to go for a topic they're interested with, try to solve, solve a pain point, try to jump on a social discussion that's important and relevant to them, but from your own perspective and point of view, don't fake it. That's what being in culture means, being at the right place at the right moment in a in a meaningful way with empathy. Right. There's these emerging trends that, that I found fascinating around, you know, showing yourself as you really are and just acknowledging that not everything in your life is perfect and flashy. When you're walmart you you cannot pretend you're part of the gen Z culture you can certainly target them specifically with something that is going to be relevant for them but you cannot pretend you're one of them
1: welcome to loud and clear the podcast for those who give a shit about advertising Loud and Clear is produced and created from the headquarters of Lerma Advertising in downtown Dallas, Texas. This is our third episode of this season. This is your host, Francisco Cárdenas, and in production, Rodolfo Ruiz. Today, we have a very special guest that I have been trying to get in our virtual studio for months now. Our guest has spearheaded the planning department at Lerma for several years alongside a team of amazing brand planners that put things in unique perspective on behalf of our clients and positioning brand messages in a special place in consumers' minds. The name is Kim Hill. This son of Catalonia operates from that European region, but has constant appearances in our offices. When he's away, his physical presence is felt as Robo Kim, a physical rolling robot across the office that joins us at meetings, water cooler chats, and has even joined us on bathroom breaks to keep the momentum of the conversation going. Welcome, Kim. how are you?
0: Thank you, Francisco or Pancho. that's how we call Francisco at the agency for for that introduction. We're here to talk about bathroom breaks,
1: right? Yes, of course. That's, a, that, I mean good, good conversations start at the bathroom for sure. I've learned. <laughs> how you yeah, been I'm delighted? I'm dude I'm delighted to be here. Let's do this. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Well, I mean, start, I want to start with 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 part of what you guys do is is work on periodical papers mm-hmm. that analyze culture trends and generational insights that allow us at Lerma and our clients and the industry in general get smarter about whatever is going on in the world. You guys have several have done several of these papers. Yeah. Can you talk about a little bit as an introduction of why and the process. I know we've had here Carlos Rodriguez in the past talking about some, but just in mm-hmm. general, as, as, as you as you lead this project, tell us a little bit of how it started and, and, and what, are you, what you guys are doing. Sure.
0: This is, uh, I would say, one pet project for the strategy department that we're really proud of. And, you know, the, the whole intention of it is just basically to keep, you know, the whole agency curious and connected with reality. There's you know, there's nothing much more than that than just you know sharing uh, thoughts, sharing our perspective on on important issues. This this, you know, curiously enough, started as as a challenge on on my end to the acculturation theory. You know the the, the listeners that might not know me might have figured out by now that I'm not for here, from here, obviously by my accent, right? I'm a, I'm a Catalan. And I moved to the U.S. 10 years ago, and, you know, one of the ideas that were floating around at that period of time was the acculturation theory to talk about, you know, different cultures in the U.S. like African-Americans, Asians or or Hispanics, right? This whole idea around, you know, anyone landing in the U.S. or a whole culture uh, willing or, or, or desiring to take this mental journey to become sort of a, you know, Cowboy from from Ohio. When, when in reality, we know that's that's not, you know, that, that it, it doesn't work like that. Right. And, and I felt that way. I, and many people felt that way. And, and this whole research initiative started personally as, a, as an opportunity for me to debunk that theory with uh, data and with a serious institution backing it up. And so we you know we contacted with the University of Texas at, at Austin in order to to propose more than a series of white papers like an ongoing partnership to explore different you know these different different ideas different areas different subjects mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. generations. And we started with millennials then we move on to gen z in a series of nationally representative quantitative researches that were augmented with some qualitative work and you know, ethnographic research and also expert interviews. And, you know, that led naturally to, to different findings that we found, you know, curious enough to share with the world, uh, not just with our clients, with anyone. You know, everything is on on yeah. our website. People can just go there and read them. And, and they will find, you know, white papers around different subjects around, you know, from as like politics and what millennials and, and Gen Z think about politics. Things like COVID, of course, because it seems like, you know, everyone has to have a point of view around COVID. Um, ours is mainly around Hispanics and African Americans being disproportionately affected by the consequences of COVID. Mm-hmm. But then there's more, like-hearted subjects like how Gen Z lives sexuality and dating and, 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 you know, hooking up with each other and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the latest that we have released recently is, is one around language and communication and how, you know, those young folks, Gen, uh, Gen Z, talk to each other, communicate with each other, even go on establishing relationships with, it, with each other. That's you know that that's what keeping us busy aside from our normal agency work, and there will be more in the near future.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I love it was a
0: super long answer.
1: Man. No, 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 but I, I love the project and it's it's a good setup. I mean, we are here to talk about this this recent paper called "Do You Speak Gen Z?" But I I, I would like to call out two things. Like one, you know, I remember. The, the project Millennials Deconstructed, which probably came out, you know, 2016, I, I believe. And it was right before the elections. And the findings of the polls that we got from that research you, know, you guys had done the research but then when we were promoting the research as far as the results of what was going to happen in the in the in the political uh, landscape was amazing to me as we had in some of the polls had trump coming in on first and nobody was talking about that so it was really interesting to see that and then the other thing that i really commend your group and the intelligence that you guys put out there is I, I don't believe I saw a paper on COVID so early in the industry than what you guys put out there and the, and, and what it was doing, what it meant for agencies and brands, etc. So so thank you for that. But but today we are indeed here to talk about Gen Z and and how they communicate. And I want to start with, with a with a question that I struggle with every day, which is Kim, do you speak Gen Z? I I
0: don't, obviously. <laughs> and 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 everyone, I'm 45, man. And every, everyone at our age or, or below, slightly below or, or above, uh, they just need to acknowledge that the whole industry, you know, anyone working at, you know, in marketing or advertising or media, we're not young anymore. And that's fine. And that's totally fine. As long as we recognize that and don't try to pass as a cool guy and, 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 and all of that, that's fine. That's why, that's why we do research. That's why we have people in the agency that are way younger than us, more intelligent than us and more connected with that reality than us. What everyone needs to be, I mean, you don't need to speak Gen Z, but you need to be culturally connected with the reality and curious enough not to dismiss, you know, not a single thing that they're doing. And not, not a single aspect of that culture. You know, as as people grow old, and, and, and I think you will agree with me, we tend to just slam slam everything you know, anything that young people do, like, oh you know, yeah. our our movies when we were kids were better than the ones they're watching, or you know, our music is just better. Nirvana was way more awesome than Billy Eilish. <laughs> that's that's you know, that might be true or or not, but You know, regardless of what you think, you need to be connected with reality. We're in the business of connecting brands with their audiences. And we cannot pass or disguise ourselves as one, but we can certainly have the commitment to stay connected with them, recognize where we cannot fake it and ask for help. That's perfectly all right.
1: Yeah, it's almost like every generation's signature move to protect their legacy is to kind of bash on the younger generation. And it, it's also about, like, I, I love what you're saying because it's also about empathy, right? Like saying, hey, you know, maybe we were the same back then. But understanding and accepting that, especially in what we do as marketers and, and ad men and women, recognizing that is, is interesting. I get several times a week because I try to throw in the word bruh, bruh. Yeah, yeah. My daughter, not very nicely, reminds me that I don't know how to say it, and that it sounds like like I'm saying bra. So I, I think it's interesting. And then I also saw on the on the I, I hope I don't throw out the word cool a lot on this podcast because I saw that 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 was that was not as cool within the the research. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. my...
0: you know, there's 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 many yeah. there's many learnings that we could apply to from that research that we did to what you just said, you know, starting with those two words that you mentioned, we, you know, one of the uh, themes of that uh, white paper was let's just, you know, analyze which words are okay, which words are in fashion, which words are not. And, and we found that some of them are just divisive, divisive. How do you pronounce that in English? I don't know. Divisive, you know, Uh like, yeah, some people, some people use "bro," some people don't, you know, and like that word. Some people don't. The same happens with "cool." "Cool" it's not cool anymore, <laughs> and and we can put percentages on that because we we ask, you know, a, a nationally representative panel of Gen Zers in the U.S. Uh, what and also what you just mentioned, it's you know, before that was you know every generation just trying to bash the the, the younger one and. I have to say that after doing this research, I admire Gen Z, and I think they're a better generation than us, or millennials overall. And for a variety of reasons, man. First of all, because you know, they're they just more resourceful. They have more at their disposal that we wish we had back then. Like, could you imagine how streamlined, you know, meeting people and dating would be with technology? And you know, we introvert people like me were forced to go out there and expose ourselves in public and talk to people in a bar. Like right now, you still have to do that, and, and Gen Seers still do that. But there's, you know, some steps of that game that you can do, you know, over over social media, over, you know, apps, and, and, and that's great. And also, they, you know, another aspect that I learned is that they, in spite of how the world is going on right now and COVID, And the conflict in in, in Ukraine and, 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 you know, the crisis in Syria and all the refugees in the Mediterranean and all, you know, and, and, you know, there's everything seems to be going really bad. But this generation is super optimistic. Yeah. They remain adamantly optimistic about, hey, we can still turn around this. We can do something about this. And it's not because they're young. It's because they feel more... You know, empower than us, and they own the problem, and they want to change the world for good and for for a better, you know, to yeah. take it to a better place.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I, I think that's that's that thought is, is something good to take away. I wanted to 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 go back to the to- topic of, of of words, right? It, it seems mm-hmm. that every every generation creates a certain language code to make their own and self identify, right? But yeah. but in a, in a way, this is also used to alienate other generations so you know so that my parents don't understand me or so that we become kind of a clique so kind of like it's almost like a concerted effort to keep them out of the loop you know older folks, if you yeah. will so how does yeah. this like I, want, I always wonder like how does this play in advertising where you want to be inclusive or sometimes you have you know briefs that Yes, you want to hit hard on Gen Z, but perhaps you have a second audience. Does, does exclusiveness become a tool to create deeper connections? So, you know, like, how do you hit them yeah. hard without while being inclusive at the same time, but mm-hmm. making them feel exclusive as a generation how they speak and how they talk with those codes?
0: Sure. You know, obviously, there's an opportunity to 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 address Gen Z specifically and and nail it, but also that comes with a higher percentage probability of screwing it up badly, like <laughs> pretending you're you're a cool kid when you're not. I think everyone, every brand, sorry, has to find their own voice, right? Right. And and just stay true to that. And and the same way we tell. I would say traditionally American brands that they cannot all of a sudden become Mexican to reach out to to Hispanics or or to a certain you know Hispanic culture in the U.S. The same thing applies to different generations. If if you're you know and everything is a brand again, if you're I don't know one direction and that's a brand aside from a from a band you 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 are entitled to reach out to them in their same tone language be- because you're part of that culture you're part of that community when you're i don't know walmart <laughs> you you cannot pretend you're part of the gen Z culture you can certainly target them specifically with something that is going to be relevant for them but you cannot pretend you're one of them I love and that. so and so using those cool Words that you know that generation uses could backfire badly if you know
1: if it's not if it's not I would say aligned with your personality. Yeah, I mean it's a challenge. Uh, I love what you're saying, and and it happens a lot on social media when we, when we work on on giving advice on on you know for brands in social media. You know the whole idea of being uh, a social brand versus a brand in social. Mm -hmm. There's brands that are not social, (laughs) like they, 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 they haven't not just created that persona. And it seems that for signature brands, like, I don't know, to name within the card world, like Cadillac, Buick, they have a struggle in building this connection and feeling true to themselves on like, you know, what you're saying is like Walmart, you cannot pretend to be something you're not. But still, I, I, I think there's some examples of brands that are actually being successful in connecting, using either language or certain cues. But I, I love what you say, and, and you don't have to be it to be able to talk to no. them. No, just,
0: you know, think about any, you know, let's bring this down to human interactions when there's a generational gap. Like, let's say when you're talking to your little kids, because you have little kids, right? you're not going to all of a sudden start to mimic their own language because they're going to laugh at you and they're going to find that ridiculous. The way, you, the way you connect with them and engage with them in an efficient way is by A, you know, uh, using empathy, as you said, B, you know, trying to find a common subject of interest. And, and that's how you build you know, communications. And the same happens with brands and their audiences. Like you don't need to be like them just you know try to go for a topic they're interested with try to solve solve a pain point try to you know jump on a social discussion that's important and relevant to them but from your own
1: perspective and point of view don't fake it yeah so the, the paper starts, the, the white paper, the research starts with a note saying on how Lerma, and I think it's something we've talked about, but here in this case it's particularly relevant, how Lerma uses both in-language and in-culture approaches to connect with consumers. And I think you're you're hinting about this in, in what we're talking about. So... In this case, with with Gen Z, can you explain a little bit the difference between both of these, like in culture and in language? I think we constantly are trying to educate our clients and and tell them the opportunity of these two tools to connect.
0: Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, In culture means just being connected with how this generation, you know, where where, where they are essentially what topics are relevant to them where where are they having discussions where are they looking to interact with brands and also you need to be aware of what spaces you cannot just trespass because that's not for brands to go there right so once you know that and you can know that in you know, in many different ways, but mostly by staying curious and connected with that generation, you want to leverage what, what we call cultural insights, which is relevant again, pain points, truths, subjects of interest of that audience, in order to find hopefully you know some common ground without faking it. That's that's what being in culture means, being at the right place at the right moment in a in a meaningful way with empathy, right? As a brand. In order to connect with them in language just means just speaking the same language and again that doesn't mean mimicking the way they speak it just means just being aware of you know how language works for them where 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 that communication should take place and and if you want to use some language cues here and there that's fine that's you know why agencies have people from all ages and all walks of life, we certainly, you know, have that diversity at Lerma. Other agencies have that too, and and you need to to put in the driving seat someone you know as close to that target audience as possible in order to you know help you with that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it, it's funny it, also us being so ingrained in 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 doing stuff for for the you know, general market, national in the United States, but also trying to connect with Hispanics. We use Spanish language as a tool. Yeah. But it, it reminds me, as, as you were speaking, like speaking of in culture, it's kind of recognize a little debate that people that are strongly passionate about sports are going to have in the upcoming, or this year, at the end of this year, which is, Time, right? The, the battle of time between there's going to be an NFL season going on and a World Cup going on almost at the same time. And that's
0: mm-hmm.
1: I wonder how that's going to play out at the level of brands interacting time at home with so many games and so many things going on. Uh, so yeah. recognizing those kinds of cues is what makes you really intelligent and have empathy for consumers and brands in our recommendations. I would, I would also
0: encourage, you know, any brand, not just our client partners, like any brand out there to, you know, aside from those still, you know, entertaining but superficial topics to go deep and go meaningful. Like this generation, Gen Z, not just from this white paper, from previous rounds of research that we've done. They are super, super connected with social issues. They are, you know, social warriors and and they it's not that they they uh, care it's not only that they care it's that they act and they want any brand uh, that they would you know potentially put their money and their heart on to care to and to do something about those issues and 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 i know that some brands out there are like oh i want to stay neutral i want to stay you know i don't want to uh, signify myself politically, but, uh, you know, if, if you don't want to signify yourself politically, that's fine, but do it socially because not doing anything, it's already showing inaction and that's, you know, that doesn't go well with Gen Z.
1: Yeah. So, do you mind talking a little bit about love with us?
0: <laughs> about, uh, about love? What do, what, what do you mean? About how how this, you know, generation...
1: Uh, Yeah, we we started talking about it a little bit earlier with with the dating apps, but I I, I want to take a step back from that and and just think, because you do think, like, love is is such a big driver, love and sex, right, in the the economy and what people do and are driven to. So what does love mean for the economy and consumption in general, from your perspective? That's a very deep question, man. (laughs) Love is the answer to
0: anything. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. There's there, there's not, uh, you know, a ton of difference on how this generation, I would say, considers love or shows love or demonstrates love versus other generations. Like, you know, older generations might think, oh, these guys are way more destructured and they don't want to, you know, have a partner anymore, when in reality, that's not true. The, the only thing, you know, they're looking for love, they're willing to give love and trust people and develop, you know, relationships and bonds. They just do it in a different way, because as I said, right now, there's all sorts of, you know, technological helps that let them, I would say, that let them approach love even more in a more convenient way. Having said that, most of them, and you know, anyone that reads our white paper will see that they still favor face-to-face,
1: you know, encounters and and relationships. I was as, surprised about that, right? Like only 30% <laughs> use dating apps. That that was to me was shocking. It, they, they still yeah. Want, just, like, yeah yeah the dating apps is 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 for all the
0: youths. That and and you know that's that's the way the majority of them see it. Like they still kind of find their acquaintances and a prospective love partners in the online space, but not through dating apps. Like if, you know, Instagram plays a huge role there, TikTok, you know that, that's, you know, yeah. that's, glittering there, it's huge, it's big. And, you know, brands should know that because some of them might, you know, might might consider, you know, interjecting those conversations with something meaningful or, or helping them, I don't know. But, but here's the thing, uh, when, when things, Get serious when you are ready to take, you know, not a big commitment, but ready to take take the, you know, the next step with someone you just met online and, and and kind of develop, you know, a relationship here and there on your social social media platforms. You go live. And that's still exciting. That's still what brings butterflies into people's, you know, insights. Yeah. And and yeah, that's you know that I wouldn't say that's surprising. I think that's beautiful, man. That's that's great, and that's kind of a relief.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I, I agree, and I think it's it's it it's great that there's constant reminders, even no matter how technology advances, and and what's happening in the world for that matter, that the simple things and the basic human needs always win. I I, I I'm curious, like. I I read on the paper, it's about a a trend that they feel sometimes a lot of disappointment when they meet in person. And I know there's a trend going on about, you know, body positivity, the whole idea of no filter and much of it driven by this generation and and the, the notion that a lot of us and perhaps older generations have built digital personas that do not necessarily portray that Mm -hmm. this generation is more open to showing themselves as they are no yeah some of them yes for
0: for you know for sure there's there's a you know a, a good percentage still that find some degree of disappointment when they take things to the real world but here's the thing i would say or i would Venture. I'm going to dare to say that it's this kind of similar to the percentage of people in previous generations that were trying to fake their personality and, and who they are in reality with a partner or or, you know, or someone that they just like and would love to get serious with. And then when 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 things go deep, I would say, and you get to know the, the other one better, and 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 the true self, you know, eventually appears because it it, it always rises at the end. You know, there's also some degree of disappointment. Or there there was in the past in in your generation or or in or in other generations like you know boomers or millennials, right? <laughs> so I think it's the same. The the thing is that many of the first kind of filters and and first steps are, are digital right now. And that's more practical and brings more convenience. But the degree of disappointment with a prospective partner that you've met recently, I think that hasn't changed that much.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, I think there's things that have not changed. I've heard a lot of uh, criticism of how people portray lives online mm-hmm. uh, that are happy, perfect, etc. And I can't yeah. help but reflect on the idea that even before social media and digital cameras and all these content creation tools that we have available today. Before, it was not that different. Like, I've never seen, I've seen a lot of pictures of my ancestors or families in their birthdays or when they're laughing or when a baby's, but very few on their funerals or <laughs> when they got fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah. not like, it, it's, a, it's a criticism that has, taking speed in the age of social media, but with a deep analysis, you would say that we're not very different from the previous generations. No,
0: we're not, but, or... You know they might not be but here's the thing you're absolutely right like when when things were in digital with our pictures you're like we tried to also you know frame a perfect wall around them right right now what's happening is that yes you would say that i would say that you know still a big percentage of, of the gen Z generation is filtering i, I don't know their there social media feeds to show an idealistic representation of their lives right but as you mentioned there's these emerging trends that that i found fascinating around you know showing yourself as you really are and just acknowledging that not everything in your life is perfect and flashy and yes that includes body positivity that you know if we talk about the wellness you know sphere that might include just saying hey i just eat what i eat and you don't have to be so restrictive with diets If we take this to the, I don't know, the personal appearance, you will see, and and there's, you know, we're seeing tons of, you know, not just famous social media stars racing to the top, but, you know, many young people that are just showing themselves as they are and showing uh, stuff that, you know, back in our age would be absolutely out of frame because that's not what you want to show. Right now, you know, uh, you know, the, at this you know in the same way that I, I was telling you that they are optimistic they are they are also being optimistic about real life and saying hey not everything has to be perfect
1: and that's okay yeah that's great i love it so gen z is you know a take from from this study research you know it's a hopeful generation it's a generation that is hyper connected grew up not only with the internet, but with devices that would take the internet wherever you were. What other, you know, to to, to close this, you know, kind of review of, of, of these findings, what what other surprising finding or findings of this research you would like to highlight, just to leave, I know we've talked of several, but if there's one that we're missing. there There's a ton, like it's one of the media's
0: widest paper, white papers we have released so far. You know, one thing that was really curious to me was seeing, I would say, device or 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 social platform preference when it comes to communicating mm-hmm. with you know one set of people or the other. Like for example, uh, no. when 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 a, when a member of of this Gen Z generation uh, wants to talk or engage with their parents, you know, real life is still the way to go. And and you might think, well, that's that's because they probably live together, or many of them still live together but but my hypothesis or well-founded hypothesis around this is that there's a generational gap with how you understand you know social media interactions or digital interactions and there's many misunderstandings there and with your parents you just go like okay let's just let's just do it face to face because it's the way i'm i'm gonna be absolutely sure there's no misunderstandings and, and w- whereas you know when when we consider co-workers or friends like digital is the way to go. And, and COVID has just, you know- Changed that. Made yeah. that even more poignant. It's like, I don't want to deal with coworkers. Like, I still, you know, I still personally, and I'm not a Gen Z, I, I still love interacting with, with people in the, in the office, right? But many of uh, the members of the Gen Z generation, they just prefer to stay at their place, have limited interactions. Yes, you know, connect face to face in real life from time to time, but mostly, you know, you know, after experiencing this hybrid kind of lifestyles, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm better off by myself. I don't want to deal with these coworkers. And then, you know, that's, that's understandable. And, and, and some of those traditions that we have incorporated to, to our lives, not just our working lives, to our relationships because of COVID are, are here to stay. And that's fine. You know, other, 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 you know, other sections that I that I encourage people to take a look uh, into for, from our white paper would be those ones related with how different cultures interact or communicate with each other. If we consider how Asians, for example, prefer to communicate bad news to people versus Hispanics or or African Americans. Yes. Like most Asian cultures like prefer to do that by just, you know, texting and or, or you know, social a social media message like online. Whereas if there's bad news, uh, a Hispanic culture and you will, you know, I'm, I'm sure you will agree with this. We do these things face to face. The thing is that when we dug, dug deep on this, uh, many Asian cultures, because Asian is an artificial term, there's many different cultures there. But right. many of those, what they have in common is that they, because of their education and, and politeness, they just want to give a heads up to, to the other person about that said piece of bad news. And then, yes, they will interact face to face. But it's just polite to to kind of tease that digital. So there's all sorts of nuances that we found when it comes to communications that people will find, I think, fascinate fascinating on that white
1: paper. Yeah, I love I love how you guys layered layered on, on this research ethnicity. And me married to a Filipino woman, I certainly understand what you say on how how you know Asian is, is, is perhaps artificial, and there's so much into that that it's so different between that culture in and of itself. Yeah, the whole whole
0: concept about many Asian cultures is super important. You know, Hispanic cultures like
1: you and I, we we don't have any face. So we just, (laughs) cannot lose it. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, well. I think we're coming to an end of our time, but like, I cannot be. I'm very grateful and cannot be more thankful for you for you to be here and explain. I know you guys are working on on more papers uh, coming up. Is that something you can give us a hint of what's coming up, or or should yeah. we wait to for the time to come when no, we want? No,
0: no. Like we have like one almost ready to go, one one new piece of research. And a white paper around esports, giving our perspective on that and how not just different generations, but different ethnicities live that passion because it's a passion and it's here to stay. Awesome. And then what we're starting to prep right now, it's a series, not just one, one, one white paper, but a series of white papers around masculinity. Uh-huh. And yes, and sexism. And I think that's a very poignant subject, right? You turn on, you know, your, your TV, your social media feeds every day. There's, you know, Will Smith here punching a guy and, you know, there's, you know, the, the conflict great. in Ukraine, everything, you know, or almost everything right now comes down to masculinity issues. And, and the, you know, we,
1: we're, you know, we want to explore that in depth. That's great, that's awesome. Well, you need to promise that you'll be back in Loud and Clear to talk about those findings and research because I really enjoy talking to you and, and, and learning a little bit more about Gen Z. Of course, I have the the luck to be able to interact with you on a, almost on a daily basis, so I'm, I'm also grateful for that. But still sharing this with our audiences, with our audience and, mm-hmm. uh, and letting them know uh, what we're finding and putting it out there i think it's a it's a great thing to do so thank you no man i i love you too and to anyone
0: listening here if you know anyone has any questions or, or wants to start a debate around you know any of those issues that they will find on our white papers that's that's one of our main intentions just to generate debate to get to know different people different perspectives so we're here give us a call send us a line like we'll be delighted to connect with you
1: and, and the paper has the uh, contact information. Uh, you Does. can find it on lermaagency.com. And then I don't know, este, Kim, if, if anybody wants to engage in a, in a debate with you directly, is there any social channels where people can find you? Yeah, but only nice
0: debates, please. Like, not, <laughs> uh, not, not toxic masculinity things. Now, for sure, you know, people can find me on Twitter and on other social media. My email is Q... G-I-L at Learn My agency.com and you know I'm here.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you, Kim. If you're if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please, please scroll down and subscribe or follow. You can leave us any comments if you have any or or rate us either way. We're also on Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart, Google Podcast. So make sure you look for us and and and, and interact with us. If you like what you hear, please share with your colleagues and friends. We are definitely on a mission to get the word out. If you have topics that you would want to discuss or come to the show, also let us know. We talked about our website, lermaagency.com, and we look forward to seeing you or hearing you on the next episode of Loud and Clear. Kim, thank you so much for being with us. The episode, Rock and Roll.